Hello, good people. I'm in. Hello. Hi. Is this like the the first time that we've um, started, quote unquote, a podcast with everyone present? Yes. Other well, than the first one. Technically, no, because we do have our fifth host, Springborn. And for those of you listening at home, Springborn was unfortunately unable to join us tonight, and we do sincerely hope that he will join us in the next episode. So please continue to listen. All right, I sort of unintentionally set you up for that one. I still don't know what to make of LinkedIn. Like, it just seems yeah. so. Like, I was it, just going to work it, on my LinkedIn. It feels like it feels like everyone's just being overly enthusiastic about their yeah. job. Yeah. I feel like the the strength of LinkedIn. I mean, I know that Jesse, your dad is like the LinkedIn guru. He's like the he man. Is. He is the LinkedIn guru. That's I've always true. saw it as sort of just like a better formatted resume. You know, okay. like like a resume that does the formatting for you. You put in all your stuff, and it just makes a page. That's mm-hmm. your resume. Yeah, that's fair. And the, but there's the whole networking thing. I don't really, I don't really get that part. I don't know. Every time I hopped on LinkedIn, I always like just think I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, that's a good. That's that's how I think of it too. It's always like I, I'm. Yeah, it's always like I'm, I'm missing something. Like yeah, it's it's like yeah. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. that it's like I always like there are always these bursts where like for like a day I'm really into LinkedIn and I'm like oh let's update my profile and like let's get all these connections and all that stuff and then I don't look at it again. So sure. I have that like once a year. Yeah. Yeah, there's like one day out of every year where I'm just like, all right, I should update my LinkedIn. Uh huh. It always it always seems so fake. Like I always see the, like those posts. It's like I'm so grateful to be working here at Walgreens for three years. Yeah. I've learned so much from this job, and I'm so grateful for all the people that I've come to come to know. Mm-hmm. What's even the point of LinkedIn connections? Like that's what yeah, I don't that's get. another thing. Well, like so you got like Facebook friends and Twitter followers and shit, but like what, who's acceptable to be a connection on LinkedIn? Can someone tell me that? Like who do you who do you connect with and who do you not connect with? For me, it's someone. For me, if someone wants to connect with me, I have to know their name and be able to connect that face with that name. Like that's the bare minimum for me. Okay, so you have absolutely no screening whatsoever. If it's someone from Lemoyne that I recognize the name of and I can put a face to the screen I like, and I've exchanged like at least a couple words with, then like, okay, I'll connect with you. See, but that's that's not how I view it at all. Like like there there's people from Canisius that like I have their name and I have their face and I got that in the bank. But like if they were like, Do you want to be my LinkedIn connection? I'd be like, No. So like like I don't I don't know what the what the what you're supposed to look for in a LinkedIn connection. Mm-hmm. the thing i don't like with link like linkedin connection it's like some random people follow you because like i guess my understanding of connections is those are like the people that you sort of know and you could talk to and be like hey we have this connection can you give me a job sort of thing you know is it that's, is that, that the point of it i don't know i don't know that's i guess how like my brain conceptualizes it and so like if it's like a random person that i don't really know that's not someone like I would walk up to and be like, "Hey, you remember? You remember that how we went to the same school, but you went to it like fifty years before I did?" Yeah, yeah you know, that's, like that's fair. But if it's like if it's like someone from like, "Hey, remember we did computer science together or something?" Um, you want to like keep in touch about jobs so we can give each other jobs? Like I, I'm more willing to do that, you know. I, I think I view it less about like giving me a job, and I think if I had to view it a certain way, it would be if I absolutely needed it, 
would this person write me a letter of recommendation? Mm, and I think that's I think that's my yes or no feature. Okay. That's a good metric. I think I use a similar one, which is like, could this person vouch for my abilities? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? Sure. But also, there's a second question to that. It's not only, like, can they, but also, like, would I ask them to? Right. Because there's some people that, like, I feel like they would because they, like, enjoy seeing me in the hallways in passing. But, like, I would never think to ask them to write me a letter of recommendation. Mm, that's interesting, John. But I, I feel like that stems from, like, I feel that I know people less well than how people feel they know me kind of thing. That's its own thing. And see, I'm at a point right now where it's literally just, like, I'll take any connection. Anyone related <laughs> to kind of my intended field of study, just kind of go for it. But the big thing is when you connect with people, you don't just hit connect. You send them a message and say, hey, this is who I am. This is why I connect with you. And then it's not weird. Oh, see, I don't do that. See, I never connect. I never, like, make it a goal to connect with other people. Other people just find me and they connect. Yep, that's usually how it is. It's just weird because most of these people, I can't be like, oh, my God, we had freshman biology in college together for about three weeks before I switched classes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, it it doesn't, it's like fake, the connections feel fake to me. That's the problem. That's the, Yeah. yeah. I think that's my big issue with LinkedIn. And you're right. It's not like a social network, you know, like it's not. It's not social. I don't really like hot dogs. Like the thing is like I could eat a hot dog. I can't eat multiple hot dogs. And like I I could eat like a little bit of potato salad, but like I can't eat a lot. It's one of those things that like it's it's not good, but it's not that bad, you know. Um. Do you like pasta salad? Eh. Really? Eh. I didn't peg you as a I don't like either. any of those, like, cold salads that are sort of not really salads, you know? Bro, those are the best, because they're Yo. not salads. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I want that comment in the final cut here, because that's a... It's true. What, that they're not really salads? They are not really salads. Wait, what's, yes, not, they are. what's not really a salad? Like potato salad or pasta salad is not really a salad. Like pasta salad, salad is, but Does potato salad, salad count? Okay, hang on. I'm about to I'm about to open a can of verbal whoop ass on all of you guys. I've had many debates about this at college. This is what I do in my in my time at college. Many debates. I've also this, this is where my education is going. Yes. Is. So if we if we hold on for a second here, we have to back up because first of all. We have to define pasta. And bear with me here. This is going to take a little bit of time to explain. So pasta is defined as a processed paste, okay? That is the Merriam-Webster definition of pasta. So, first conclusion. A butterfly, which is a caterpillar that has been turned into a paste and processed, is pasta. Continuing on that, a salad is therefore a mix of multiple pastas. Right? Phil? Phil, no. before you complain, this is not pasta in the sense of, oh, it's a noodle. No, no, because a butterfly is pasta. Bread is a pasta. No, Paper this is dumb. Is a pasta. No, hang on. Stop. Time out. This is the <laughs> this is the most boring genre of arguments in the world. Like the, is a hot dog a sandwich argument? No, it's not. It's a taco until the bun breaks and then no, it becomes no, a sandwich. No, see, no, no. I'm talking about how the argument is boring, not the argument itself. Like, this is not boring. I I am a principled man. Like, it's not interesting at all. It has no bearing on anything else. It doesn't actually have any meaning whether a hot dog is a sandwich, right? Like, no one. Yeah, but it's a damn entertaining conversation. No, it's not. It's not at all because you're talking about things that like 
don't with John at least matter. Here's no, here's my problem with those types of arguments. It's because the people who are making the argument like a hot dog is a sandwich, they're just mm-hmm. making shit up, right? They're not actually basing <laughs> it on any fact. They're just like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter that no one says a hot dog is a sandwich. They just want it to be a sandwich because they looked up a sandwich in a dictionary and they're like, um, actually, technically, <laughs> it has the same, you know, but that's not how words work, right? We don't base the meaning of words off of technicalities. We base them off of how they are used in actual conversations, not like contrived conversations where you want to seem smart by saying that a hot dog is technically a sandwich. Counterpoint. Know. Words change their meaning all the time. Yeah, we're, that's, language that's is constantly vibe, evolving. Yeah. We had this discussion previously. Yeah, words are flexible and they don't, you know, the word salad doesn't have to have a very precise no, no, definition. No, no. I think... Tefillah okay. does. But... Okay, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, my two cents. I think, yes, in general, these conversations don't mean anything and they're pointless. I'm not saying but that they're, they don't mean they're... anything and they're pointless. I'm saying that they're boring and I hate them. Just to be I clear. Think, <laughs> listen, I think there's so much I, fun I to have. I appreciate that distinction. <laughs> I think there's so much fun to have. Because... I think Max okay, is just like, sick I, of it. Wait, wait. Can I, tell, can I tell you guys a story? I'll tell you guys a story about a time that I debated with my friends at Lemoyne about salads. Oh. Yeah, I remember this one. Remember this one. Um, and so basically, we didn't. We didn't. So when in our debate, we didn't talk about if a pasta salad was a salad, right? Because that was sort of our argument just now of whether or not a pasta salad is a salad. And we didn't. We didn't debate it, but we said, okay, pasta salad is a salad, and potato salad is a salad, fruit salad is a salad, vegetable salad or lettuce salad or whatever they're all salads we started with that assumption that they were all salads and then we were like okay so what makes them salads that makes non-salads non-salads and so the distinction that we came up with is that they have dressing and that was the big thing that they have dressing and so if something's about to get a lot dumber if something has dressing (laughs) it's a salad right and then our genius brains were like, huh, wait a second. Dressing. Humans get dressed. Therefore, people are salads confirmed. Do you know this debate is like age old? Like very, very old of like what is a thing and defining it in terms of words. Yeah, but also of course. in terms of kind of like essences. Have you ever heard that story of who was that crazy guy to talk about with the egg in the tree? This crazy dude. Dionysus. Um, Dionysus. Diogenes. No, Diogenes. Diogenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy in the barrel or whatever. about Diogenes, about how everyone's debating, like, what is a human being? And they say it's like a non-feathered... Oh, yes. A featherless biped. Yes, a a featherless biped. And so, I remember this. And so Diogenes comes in, and whoever said this idea, Diogenes comes in with a plucked chicken and screams, Behold a man! (laughs) Yes, true. (laughs) It's exactly what we're doing. In, like, the oldest recorded troll in history. (laughs) Um, so shout out to my man Diogenes, but counterpoint, it wasn't that that debate is stupid as Max says, Be- well, I mean, it still no, could be stupid, stupid in Max's stupid, opinion. Sorry. However, it's, Max reason, was boring. The reason yeah. it doesn't, the reason that debate didn't work and why a lot of these debates like seem dull and like overplayed is because first of all, you guys aren't defining your terms the right way. Right? Like, saying a featherless biped is a man leaves way too much. You gotta Hang be way on, more John, specific you're than defining that. your term so that a butterfly is pasta. Yes, right? because <laughs> pasta is defined as a processed paste. 
No, and the that, thing is, that the thing therefore is, opens up pasta to a wide variety of objects. The thing is, so the thing is, I feel like with that sort of stuff is that you know we can't just say a pot like pasta is a processed paste. Yes, we can because I like, do, in fact. Okay, no, you don't listen. Yes, I do. No, a butterfly any, is pasta. In any normal conversation, <laughs> and you were talking about butterflies, and we weren't having this conversation right now. But in any normal conversation, we talk about a butterfly. You would not think, "Oh, that butterfly is a pasta." You would. Yes, not. I would. No, you would. I wouldn't. fundamentally no, believe you that. Would not. No, See, you would not. See, but here's the thing. So I, this I, is why. This is I why don't. you disagree. Because every time I say pasta, you picture a noodle. You picture linguine or rigatoni or something stupid. Exactly. Right? Because, because that's, that's what, what pasta is. No, because that is what the convention is. But the definition is different, and we can change convention as Phil is trying to prove with vibe all the time. So why can't I okay. change convention with butterfly being a pasta? Because no this one isn't will even follow, my th- because no one will follow you. I That's have a the- large following on campus, thank you very much. And on top of that, this isn't even my idea. This is my buddy Hunter's idea. Shout out to my boy Hunter. He's a ginger. He's a great guy. Is- I just want to let you know that he's fantastic. And he is- has enlightened me. The thing is, the thing is, with that sort of stuff, is that unless you get people subconsciously thinking that butterfly is pasta, it's never going to work. Because like if you constantly if you if you're constantly if you're constantly like if you constantly oh butterfly oh wait remember that one definition that said that was sort of vague and unclear about what pasta was and that would make butterfly pasta yeah that means butterflies pasta if you have to think about that every time that's not how my brain works my brain just sees a butterfly and is like that's a beautiful pasta (laughs) (laughs) that's what happens. Like a monarch butterfly floats past, and I'm like, oh, that's a poisonous pasta. Well, okay, be John, you know what that means is that you're bilingual. You speak both English and bullshit. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that's the first language I've ever learned. It was bullshit first, then English. The thing is, if okay, if you if you base every, your definition of everything on the the strict dictionary definition, that's a fundamental truth, Phil. Right? Then what's the fundamental do you go truth by? of my what's entire your, what's your what's your diction, what's your what's uh, your what's your Bible? Then what's your dictionary? Who okay, is, don't have a what, Bible. Okay, okay. There's no religion. No, no, this no, 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 no. I don't. Mean, I don't mean literal Bible. I mean like Bible, as in like what dictionary do you base it on? Because different dictionaries have different definitions. Well, Step I believe back. Hunter used the Merriam-Webster to refer to pasta as a processed paste. Okay. Step back. Step back. I need to go right there. What What the hell does that mean? Processed paste. Yeah. We should look up the definition like, of pos- of like, process I don't and of like, paste. Get too into this, no, but we know what a paste is, for our right? Listeners. No, but yes. I thought we knew what a pasta was, and apparently we don't know what a pasta is. Well, that's just because so you're how narrow-minded. Can we, so how can we, we do, know we what need a paste to know, is? We need to know what the definition of paste is. Phil's got so, Jesse, point. since we're playing Rocket League, you're going to have to hop on Merriam-Webster and look up the definition of a paste, please. Okay, one sec. Thank you. Ah. <sighs> Isn't language supposed to disambiguate, right? Aren't we supposed to use it to actually to separate objects into useful categories, not to group butterflies with, like, spaghetti noodles? Max, you're sounding practical, and if there's one thing I learned in high school, it's that I am not a practical person. You ready for this? You ready for this? Paste is a mixture of flour or starch and water used for sticking things together. Really? Bam. Boom. Bam. Okay, Boom. so therefore... Starch, star- hang on, I'm not fucking done. A caterpillar contains both starch and water, and is therefore a mixture but of those flour, two things. It, did it say all three, or it did it say flour, a mixture of? Flour or starch and water. 
Boom! Okay. Use to stick so, things together. But it has starch and water, right? And if I so chose, I could take no, the no, paste no, wait, that a wait, caterpillar wait, turns into. No, 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 it's a mixture of starch and water. Is I know. There so when a, a caterpillar starch and water that sticks the caterpillar together. John, when John, caterpillar... by that Can definition, guys... no, hang on. hang on, time out. John, by that definition, every living organism on the planet is pasta. <laughs> yes, that's exactly true. <laughs> Max, you're right. Like I agree with you. Oh my god, you really weren't serving your point well there, Max. Yeah, like, you're correct, okay, Max. I, I'm sorry, I can't argue with this. I can't argue with someone who thinks that every living thing on the planet should be defined as pasta. Like, pasta is the fundamental building block. All right, and then but, from pasta, we can develop salads. So, 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 hang on, so, hang on, hang on. The thing is, right? The thing is, the thing is, with pasta, okay, with paste, let's go back to paste here. It's starch or water, a mixture of starch or water. It doesn't specify any other ingredients. So if no. you suddenly have other ingredients in it, then it doesn't become, it's not a paste anymore. It doesn't say that it's exclusive. It's not, it's, it's not a mixture of flour or starch and water exclusive. There are no parentheses on that to make it exclusive as a list. That, is not, that does not guarantee that it's an exclusive list, Phil. It doesn't... Okay, but I'm, I think it does because it's you so by that definition anything so basically you're saying anything that contains starch or water what if it's separated what if you have starch on one side and water somewhere else well what if no they're because not, it like, had to be a mixture direct? yeah exactly what if they're not so the thing is in a caterpillar like you might have starch and water no, you're in the missing caterpillar. my point because you didn't let me talk okay all right a caterpillar in and of itself no but let's not forget, a caterpillar undergoes metamorphosis, Phil. And in that metamorphosis, it breaks down, and the water and starch mix together. And therefore, it becomes a paste. No, but and a butterfly, then, butterfly then, and then, caterpillar are I'm not, not done speaking, thank you very much. Then, that paste is processed into a butterfly. Okay, what is, okay let's look at the definition of processed, then. Jesse, definition of processed. All right, I promise. Max, after you're this, gonna we'll just be have to next. suck it up for this one. This is a John episode now. I'm taking over. No, okay. I know. You, I know you think you're being funny, but like it's it's just still boring. It's not funny. See, like, see, I completely disagree, Max. Progress forward or no? Because it's the type of humor that's like, oh, look at how quirky I am. I think that everything's pasta. Hang on. Okay, then let me put this disclaimer in right now. I am not quirky. I'm a fucking moron, and I love doing this to people. That's exactly the quirkiness. Yeah, that's part. exactly no. the quirkiness. It's like, no. oh, look, quirky, I think that pasta is technically everything. No, because quirky is <laughs> like, I mean, you can look up the definition of quirky if you want, but I have viewed quirky traditionally as like a, haha, I'm so quirky, I'm attractively funny because it's weird. It's yeah, like, because, no, no, no. I, because I, I use words different than other people. I, I use no, words no, no. in a funny way, not in a real practical way. Max, first of all, I'm not trying to be funny for the sake of like bringing good times. My idea of being funny, especially with this, is to be an asshole and have people. Well, you're succeeding. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm true. fucking hilarious. True. true. And that's exactly the quirkiness, John. Because you think you're you're hilarious. We just like, came to a, a very good consensus in this conversation. I think we need to close this conversation because I don't think we're getting anywhere. Because John's not going to change his mind. We know that. No, because I'm right. And so let's Why would go, I change my mind when I'm correct? Let's go around the room and give our <laughs> final opinion on words. Okay. <laughs> So in my in my opinion, in my in my idea of words is that words are useful means of communication and they mean what they mean 
not by definition. Words are defined collectively by the people exactly. who use words. Exactly. Okay. Am I not a person who uses words? You are not yeah, multiple. People you're not who the use collective. Words. Okay. So myself <laughs> and Hunter and everyone else at the table that has had this discussion, then, are Canisius. Then in are we that not co- people? Then in that community, that word can mean that word. But in the greater community of the if world, if you actually, if you actually use it, which I suspect you don't actually use those words, except see, talking about them but in I a meta sense that, like, but, but you, you know that I would. But you don't. Mm. All right, I'm going to offer my two cents. I'm going to offer my two cents. All right, so at some point in this conversation, somebody brought up Connor. So I'm going to bring up Connor. I think Jesse brought it up. I'm going to bring up Connor. What a guy. Quality human being. Uh, I don't know if you guys will remember this, but you probably will because you're you're somewhat smart individuals, just just a little misguided on this. Uh, we read in the allegory of the cave. And if you'll recall, when, when the man was freed from the cave and saw the oh, world God. and returned home to enlighten his brethren that are still chained in the cave, I believe they murdered him. They, at the very least, cast him out and rejected his knowledge. I'm sorry, John, knowledge. you're right. You're too enlightened for our feeble minds. Forgive That's me. That's exactly what it is. I am. I'm just, I'm just too smart. You guys can't handle the truth the thing right is, now. The thing is, it's funny because, like, I was saying... A sort of not the exact same, but a similar thing with vibes, and John was just totally shitting on that the entire time. Oh yes, because I'm a hypocrite. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like vibe, so it's stupid. But a butterfly is pasta. I think that's a good ending point, boys. Phil, can, can you keep uh, facilitating our our last words, please? So yeah, uh, so my last words are sort of in line with Max's last words, and that it's a collective sort of understanding. Max, do you have anything to add to that to that sort of um, idea? Yeah, words are collective, and the definitions of words relate to how they are actually used to communicate information, not about how they are constructed in a sort of meta sense about what people want the words to be. Mm. You know? Insightful, insightful. I will defer now to Jesse for his final thoughts on words. I have learned just today, and I would like to share this with our podcast listeners, that in fact, macaroni is a word that could be used to mean pasta as a general sense. Like a Kleenex tissue issue, I learned this today, that macaroni is hmm. sometimes used by that collective huh. to mean pasta. Not to mean that specific type of pasta? No, but just as like a general. So like some some people would qualify spaghetti as macaroni. Exactly. Like See, that's at least plausible. I mean, I, th- I still think it's wrong, but that is plausible. Oh, so you'll believe that. Yes, it is. It's totally believable. Is it not believable? I mean, it's like a t- a a, uh, a clean. At least they're made up thing, of the though, same, you know, things. Right. All right. And again, people use it without even thinking that it might be wrong because they think that they actually subconsciously think that that's right. You know, it's not. It's not a thing where they're they sort of force the definition of macaroni to be whatever they want. They actually like to them that is the definition of macaroni. So I, that is plausible, uh, incorrect but plausible. <laughs> all right uh john final final words i gave my issue. final words you guys just aren't enlightened and you reject my my line of thinking because it's new and scary all right you guys know tom scott at all oh i love tom scott tom scott is great and so this video i saw was that um basically when you're having a conversation with someone there are four rules that you sort of follow quote unquote 
or like four rules of like normal conversation. And it's like the, I don't know, I don't remember exactly, so I might be misquoting, but like one of them's like the act, the, you, you don't say too much or too little, right? So you don't give too much information because that's just weird. And you don't give too little information. The example that was right? given was you would never say, oh, this is a vegan tomato, right? Mm-hmm. Or like uh, asbestos-free cereal. It's like, wait, <laughs> I mean, yeah. technically, yes, it's asbestos-free, but like, you know, that sort of stuff. And so that's one of the things. And then I, I'm guessing Mac, Max obviously saw the video. Um, right. Then there's the maxim of um, like relation. So like I assume that what you're saying is at least somewhat related to what I was saying, right? So like the example given was if you're saying like, oh, my car broke down and then you say, oh, there's a gas station down the road, right? There's the assumption, oh, the gas station down the road is related to my car breaking down. Okay, maybe I can fix my car there, you know? And then there was the axiom of truthfulness. So just you're assuming the other person's not lying, right? You're not lying to each other. And then what was the last one? I'm forgetting the last one. I remember the, so the example, I guess, maybe I'll figure out what the last one was. John, you want to put the link in the description? That's a fancy thing podcasters do. Or the show notes, sorry. <laughs> not, not the video, it's not a video, it's a show notes. Show notes, yeah. Um, cool. But yeah. It's a cool yeah, video. That, that, that does sound interesting. I think I'm, I'm interested kind of in the, the last point of like exceptions of like how that's used in comedy. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, like asbestos-free cereal is something that would be funny, funny. In, in a certain yeah. context, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But I don't know, like, how well that applies. I'm also curious about, like, why for? Like, I bet... That was just I, what some researcher, thought like, published. long enough about it, though, I bet I could think of a fifth that would meet the same qualifications as the other ones listed. It was just four because I think it was based off of like a paper that a guy wrote. I know. I'm kind of curious about that. You know, of like, how did he decide on four? Like, was that inductively decided by looking at a bunch of different like conversations? Do you just like deduction? Was that just from his own imagination? You know, I'm just Mm -hmm. curious whenever I see a list of like, okay, is this list supposed to be an all inclusive list? Or is this just kind of someone's basic idea? They're, they're also, what Tom Scott did mention is that they're guidelines and they're not necessities. They're like, these are sort of the things that I sort I the impression I got is like, these are sort of the things that you see in a normal yeah. conversation, and you know, see, but I never they're not like, like to hear that kind of like guidelines, not necessities. Cause that tells me that's not a very like deductively inclusive list. I don't know. I mean, well, you know, conversa- I conversations I are not, I don't think conversations are something that you can like, Come up with Narrow some exhaustive, yeah. some come up with an exhaustive rule set that will apply to every single scenario. So, like any any sort of you know classification or discussion of the rules of conversation is going to have to have a whole bunch of asterisks on it, right? Just because like I you're suppose. never you're never going to like fully one hundred percent solve what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but can you though? I think I think we have there's. There's ability. I think we can solve things. I like the way you put that. I once did this with decisions in terms of like what goes on every time you make a decision. And I think I broke it down into like five factors that I think decisions are kind of like deductively speaking, always some combination of those five factors. And I don't know. 
I wonder if conversations. What are what are those five factors? Do you actually want to hear this? Do you want this? This is yeah. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Okay, so I've never shared this with anyone, so I'm kind of excited. Um, so you start with um, it's so interesting because like I developed this by thinking of it first just inductively and kind of like building from there. So like the first thing you have is like different options, you know, and then you have resources. So wait, that's number one. So no, number. It's, it's not really a number one. It's a, it's a whole system that kind of fits together, right? Okay. So like the first thing is, is you have your, um, yeah, you have your options and you have your resources. So resources are what your the decision is where you want to put your resources into what options. That kind okay. of bronze it out. So you could think of your resources like sometimes resources are binary. You know, it's a yes or no thing. Like usually in terms of decision, we think of decision in terms of yes or no. But if I'm thinking about like how much money I want to spend on a car, you know, your resources are not a yes or no. It's, it's you know what I mean? Like it's broadening mm-hmm. that sense of so resources. And so my t- resource could be one resource is my vote. And all my options are like my persons. So resources. Candidates. Candidates. Options values are the other things. So what do I value in any given circumstance, right? And I think everyone has a list of values, not like specifically, we don't make these lists, but like there are values within me that are different than the values within Phil, but we're all pretty consistent in our values in any decision that we're making, right? So like Every option that we have, based on how many resources we put into the option, there's a certain amount of implication to that, right? So, like, voting. So, I vote for one option. There is implications. And there's multiple implications for every option. Is this making any sense right now? Can I get just a check here? Yes. Sure. I think so. So, so just sort of, like, right now we have resources. Mm -hmm. Resources are at the top. We put the resources into the option. The option then has implications. And then with each of the implications. No, just implications in general. Objective implications, right? This person becomes president because you've decided to vote for this person. Therefore, blank, 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 blank. Yeah. Right? And Mm -hmm. then the, the, the tricky part to measure here is what is that interaction between the implication and your value? Mm-hmm. And so, like, how much do the implications line up with your values, sort of thing? Not line up, but like literally affect. And I almost think of this like mathematically, that mm-hmm. each value, and also your values are prioritized, right? So if you were mm-hmm. to give each value, so like for me, and if I'm looking at a president, like let's say character is really important for me, like just in general. And the next thing mm-hmm. that's important is like environmental stability. So like, <laughs> I mm-hmm. line up each option with the implication and then the implication has a certain effect on character or environmental stability right Mm -hmm. and then there's some kind of it's almost mathematical you know as you decide where the implication like how much effect that has on the values and then if each value is also weighted that like if if character is twice as important to me than environmental then i i factor that into the equation and it almost gives like this formulaic way of looking at decisions of like, okay, where do I put my resources into what option based on what implication, how that interacts with all my values. That's the, that's the whole, I feel like that is a foolproof system of there is nothing. And it just kind of sounds like, yeah, that's what decision making is. You're just giving words to it. 
But like for me, it's cool because like there is nothing I'm missing from that equation, right? You know what? You know what, Jesse? I really like that. That sounds like something I learned about in like some sociology class or whatever, like the <laughs> the Brodka equation of decision making. You know, like this this is your resources. You have all of your all of the implications of the decision, and they're weighted by each individual's values, which are like coefficients of the equation. Exactly, coefficients. I was looking for yeah. that word. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I just, I just want to make sure I'm understanding it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, so how I'm understanding is that the implications from your decision are sort of the sort of variables, and then how much you value that implication is the weight of it. Right? Is that... I know. I think I think I get what you're saying, but maybe I'm not expressing it back like the same way. You have values, and then the implications. How heavily the implications are important depends on what your values are, sort of thing. Yeah, and like every implication is important to a given ex- to whatever given extent that it affects the values, and to whatever given extent that your values are important, right? Okay, so if, so like you might value environmental stability twice as much as character and so the implications for environmental stability get multiplied by two and if you think of implication as like a positive negative thing on each value i guess Mm -hmm. but like again the implication is itself objective because like yeah like donald trump becoming president was an option that you could have voted for dropping out of the paris agreement is an implication that's why you have to have those two things so, like, Donald Trump becoming president has absolutely no relation to your value of environmental stability until you consider the implications, right? Okay. Yeah. So, the issue here, so not an issue, but, like, one thing I will say is that you don't, often you don't know implications. Well, it would obviously be perceived implications, right? Because that's True. all the, the only yeah. information you have. Yes. And the coolest part about this, I think, and one of the cool implications is that is the kind of hindsight potential because after every decision, if you think you've made a mistake in the decision, there is a very, there's a finite amount of decision mistakes that you can make. Think right, about so like, that. Like, so like how were you per- perceived implications different from the actual implications? Exactly. So, so let's say here, if, if I make a decision wrong, what could have possibly gone wrong? One, maybe I misused my resources. I, I didn't know I had, resources that I did have, or I thought I had more resources than I did have, right? Right, like you could have, yeah, like you didn't even know that some, you could have done something else. Exactly, like that is one very specific type of decision mistake. Option category, I didn't know why the options existed, or I knew that why the options existed, right? Or I thought right. that one existed that didn't. Those are the only two possible mistakes in that category. The implications, yes, there are implications that were expected that we didn't see coming or their implications that didn't happen that we did see coming right like you could predict that the paris agreement would have stayed but it didn't so right. okay that's a that's a mistake there and those are all binary like you can't pick any more mistakes in those specific categories right then like it, get it could the, be a combination but you can discreetly identify them like what happened exactly yes if you get in the value phase that's where the real tricky part comes in is you can start saying, okay, we were weighing, weighing this value more heavily than this value, or we thought right. that this implication was going to be affected more on this value than it really was. Mm. 
So it's like it's both in terms right, of right. It's like, like your values also, have either changed or you. Yes, values because this one's like it's not just binary anymore. Like it is like either you do have a bi value or you don't have a bio value. Sure, but, but you values can, also have that coefficient. Right, right. So it could be more or less it's, valued. It's continuous. It's not like a yeah. It's not binary. Mm-hmm. It's not discrete. Right, like you might think, oh, I value this more than I did when I made the decision. You know, and yes. you can't really, you can't exactly quantify that, but it, mm -hmm. you can like, you can identify a relative change in those values that would yes. cause you to make a different decision. Sure. And, and even the values that you weren't considering, I guess those just had a value of zero, you know, or the. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Divide in that way. But then with values, you also consider not just, was I valuing things correctly in general, but also how is that prediction of how the implications would affect my values? Yeah, this like this does totally sound like something something that like I'd read in a textbook about, you know? Right? But like, and the cool thing about it, because unlike the conversation thing, like the difference between four types of conversation and five parts of decision making, you know? Right. Is that there's no, this system is closed, Right. The, the So a difficult thing with this is then knowing your own values, right? Because I think that's not necessarily an easy thing. Because you sort of have values, but I guess how much they're weighted can sometimes just depend on the day, you know? Yeah. Say, say family is one of your values. Like you really value family, right? You're going to value that slightly differently. Maybe not too much differently, but you're going to value it slightly differently if you just came out of an amazing day when you had a bunch of family time, maybe you had a game night or something like that. And you just had a great time with your family and you're just like, Oh, this is great. Versus when you're, when you just came out of like some sort of argument with your mom and dad about something that you did or financials or something like that, you know, and then you're like not going to value family as much, you know? And so the thing is values in general are sort of more constant and that's sort of what, what's good about them. But it's also sometimes difficult to know those values and know how they're affected by the circumstances, if that makes sense. Because sure. it's, because I yes. think it's also like, I almost want to say like the context in which you're making the decision. Mm -hmm. Because like, it's a lot. So yeah. say, so like, if you're, for example, pressured to make a decision quickly mm -hmm. versus given time to yes. make the decision, some values are going to come up sooner or later than others you know and so that also i think plays a role in like okay how much time do i have to make this decision mm -hmm, totally you know that like and and you're right like i did some research i remember after kind of thinking this thing up to consider like okay does this does this exist is this something i'm just playing off of other ideas and i could not find anything like it all the things i found too from just a preliminary kind of research on decision making people think about why people make decisions like in the moment kind of behavioral science type of that there's a lot of those discussions and that seems like what you're saying phil you know like do you yeah. know all the the biases like yeah you know? john thoughts i mean this has been a great conversation but uh let's not forget i just want to know what phil wants to eat instead of hot dogs and potato salad <laughs> <laughs> i'll i'll eat it i just won't like it well, we can make it so it's something you want. We could change the menu. Uh, I don't know. 
We can do pizza again. I'm fine with whatever y'all decided. If you if you guys added like just hamburgers, like I'd be chill. Oh, so like a cookout. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we could probably do that. Maybe get some chips or something too. Yeah. All right. Hey everybody, your favorite asshole here. Just coming to wrap things up real quick. Uh, I thought episode 7, pretty good. Uh, Only drawback, wish we could have discussed that hot dog debate and the pasta and all that a little bit more. Uh, So, it is what it is. Thanks for listening everybody.